pray together. Dear Lord, in this, uh, this coming month, uh, with all the, all, all the stuff, all the distractions, I pray that we would know more of your love for us and we'd be centered more in your love, that our lives would be defined by how much you love us and what you've done for us in Jesus, in his name, on the cross, in his rising. And I just give you thanks for that. Help us to know what you've done for us more and more and your love for us. In his name, amen. Uh, thank y'all. Have a seat uh, and take your Bibles. You can turn to Luke in the New Testament, chapter 1. So Advent uh, is here. Um, Advent, uh, again, some of y'all may know what it means. Basically, Christmas is here. Um, you know, full swing. All the, uh, all the music is playing uh, at our house. It has been for a month. Uh, I think Linda was glad I was gone for... in. For India for two weeks because I gave her a little break, but uh, we are in full swing now. And if you don't know what Advent uh, means, it's really preparing for the coming of the Lord. And it's preparing in the past as we look at the story of Jesus coming to this earth, God sending His Son. It's in the present. We need to prepare for God to come into your life now. And you're like, well, man, I, you know, I got saved a while back. Well, maybe he can come into your life again uh, or be renewed. You be renewed in him. And we need to prepare for him coming in the future. Uh, because, and we miss this a lot as the church as Christians. He is coming again. Uh, the early church got this uh, more and more that they were anticipating the return of Christ. And we kind of check out at that. We forget that. We don't highlight. He's coming again. And this can be a use of our time to prepare for the Lord's coming. Past, present, and future. It's a time to really see who Jesus is. You know, it's this time I remember uh, often uh, one of my grandmothers, and this grandmother passed away uh, when I was really young. I was six. Uh, but I have some very vivid, very strong uh, memories uh, and connections uh, with her. Her name was Virginia. She's a grandmother of Virginia. And she was, well, she was many things, but she was an artist and she was a painter. And she would uh, take me, and we would paint uh, together. Now, I'm not you know, much of a painter, and certainly wasn't when I was six. But she would uh, buy these uh, ceramic figures of a nativity scene. Uh, and she would paint them the different colors, the shepherds, the wise men, Mary, Joseph. And, and I would help her and choose the colors. But I thought about that because we'd also paint you know, baby Jesus. Uh, we'd paint his cloths, we'd paint uh, even his hair, little hair that he had, the little baby. And, and I say this because so often we uh, paint Jesus to be who we want him to be. I mean, we, we put the colors on him, uh, we define him, we really kind of make Jesus into who you know, we want him to be for, for us and for our lives. Uh, and we miss out on who Jesus really is, what he's done, how he is God, how he is Lord, how he's come to us, how he saved us. Uh, instead, we kind of color him like we want to. I nearly named this Advent series, uh, What Child Is This?, uh, after the hymn. Uh, but I didn't. However, I, I was going through the, uh, uh, the verses of What Child Is This? And I came across the second, uh, 
uh, the second, I guess it stands, I don't know, I'm not musical at all. Anyway, part two of the three parts, you know, I don't know what it's, you know, part one, you know, that part, Chris knows all this. And we, we always skip the part two. And it ties into, we paint kind of Jesus as who we want him to be. Uh, sometimes, you know, hey, you know, uh, a wise person that we look to. Uh, sometimes, we, you know, we think of him as like, you know, how he lived back then, you know, hippie type. You know, we don't really see him as king, as lord, and what he did for us. And, and we get into kind of the, the mystery, which I love, of Christmas. Uh, and we get into the story, and we miss who Jesus is, who this child is. Anyway, part two of that song, which we always skip. I've never heard it sung. Listen to it. Why lies he in such mean a state where ox and donkey are feeding? Good Christians fear. It's an interesting choice of words. Fear. For sinners are here. The silent word is pleading. Nails, spear, shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail, the Word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. Uh, I say that part two uh, to y'all again uh, because we get wrapped up in the story, and I'm about to talk about part of the Christmas story. The baby, it's sweet. We color Christmas, and we forget this, that it is, it is so tied to Easter, the cross, the spear, uh, for me, for you what this child came to do uh, for us. God sent his son not only to be with us, but to die for us. And interesting, Chris and I love kind of the backstories of old hymns. And the backstory for this one is written by a guy named William Dix in 1865 in, in England. And he was a successful businessman. And then, and it always happens, people write these wonderful, beautiful hymns when they hit depre- massive depression Massive physical illness, uh, and this cat, William, was in bed for months on months, uh, and he wrote this hymn that we sing, What Child Is This? So, uh, the Lord can speak to us, and he showed him who Jesus is. So, but I didn't call it What Child Is This? The series. I'm calling it Name Above Names. Name Above Names. Because ultimately, Jesus' name needs to be above our name, or above our church's name, or above any name on earth. His is... His is most high, most important. And I want to tie this series directly to one verse, Isaiah 9-6. We can show it up on screen. Isaiah 9-6, you probably heard this before. This is in hymns too, Isaiah 9-6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Four names within a name. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Heavenly Father, Prince of Peace. And so each week we're going to talk about part of that name of names. And today I want to start with Wonderful Counselor. And i was uh, been doing some, some research on just the Hebrew meaning of Wonderful Counselor. And first off, Wonderful in Hebrew, the way this verse is written, has so much more weight than we ever think of the word wonderful. I mean, we say wonderful, it's like, oh, that's wonderful, you know, great experience. This word is like, it's just full of wonder, uh, without compare. Uh, majesty, glory are synonyms of it. And so the, the wonder is like, you're just, you're in awe. And I, I don't know if, I, I know some of you have, but I know not all of you are like in awe of God. 
or, or in awe of what He's doing in your life, uh, or in awe of the power of God, or in awe of who Jesus is. But if you go back to the meaning of this word, the wonderful is you're, just, you're filled with wonder at Him and what He's doing and what He's done. And then counselor is, is like directly what that means, but it means that the wonderful God speaks directly to you. Okay? And some of you probably don't even believe that. I mean, some, some of us just, you know, we just do, we check the box, church. Hey, man, I got my flu shot, the flu shot of being saved. I'm good, but, you know, God saving me is, uh, I got heaven and I got the fire insurance, but, but Him speaking to me and Him working and full of one. I mean, we don't really believe that. I mean, some, some of y'all do, I know. But, I mean, re- I mean, really, the majority, no. But if you get into the name, the name above names, who He is, wonderful counselor, full of all wonder, majesty, glory, and He speaks directly to you. Wonderful counselor. That, that's who He is. That is the name above names. That is Jesus. And that's how we want you to know God. So today, I want to talk to you individually, but I'm going to talk to us as a church also. Not that I don't every Sunday, but like just to say it. I'm going to talk to you individually, but I'm going to talk to us as a church. And to start that, all of y'all are called. Now some of you are like, man, I ain't called. You know, not pastor, missionary, preacher. Now if you're here, you're called. I mean, one of the big beliefs of Bellwether is that Everybody can be a leader for Christ. Uh, everybody's called. If, if you're a Christian, and you may even say, hey, I'm not even a Christian yet. Well, you're here in church on this Sunday. So I believe God's working in your life to bring you. You're called. You're called. And a, a big part of my passion ministry is I want people to see that there is a greater call on their life uh, than just being a businessman or a banker. Nothing. My dad's a banker. Ray, love you. Or a doctor. I got dodged here. Or an attorney or a politician, or an artist, or a preacher even. There's, a, there's even a greater call. And, and life doesn't begin at 30, uh, or 50, or even 85. Life really begins when we meet Jesus. And we need to be moving on. My grandma, she listen to the podcast, she turned 86. We say, keep on growing in Christ. Uh, even until you meet Him. That there is an upward trajectory in our lives. And God continues to move you to a greater call, to a greater work, to a greater service in your life. So you're all called. However, following Jesus is hard. I mean, following Jesus is hard. I mean, the, the stuff I was, I'm reading through Luke right now, my devotional time, I think I'm on 14, 15. You know, just like reading the sayings of Jesus. You know, uh, leave your mom and dad. Uh, you know, I mean, especially us, you know, in, in the South, we got our clans, we love our, our Love our family, you know. No, you know. Leave your brothers and sisters. Come, follow me. Take up your cross. Uh, you will have persecution. Uh, forgive readily. Uh, tough. I mean, I know it's like, you know, it, it feels so good to just hang on to offense and like pain and bitterness and all that. But you know, Jesus says, forgive readily and easily. It's hard to follow Jesus. It's really hard. So how do you do it? How do you do it? I think we see it in one. Christmas story, part of the Christmas story. So Luke 1, getting there, Luke 1. A very familiar story about a very familiar girl, and I will say girl, not even young woman, because they think she was just a girl. Luke 1, Mary, and I'm going to read verse 26 through 38 and show what it looks like individually as a church to follow Jesus. 
It says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what kind of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me uh, according to your word. And the angel departed from her. All right, we're going we're to stay in this passage and go through it. Uh, first off, you see God at work in the life of Mary and her deciding to fully uh, follow her. Uh, now, again, I love backstories, not just of songs, but of people. Uh, many of us just know Mary as like, you know, in the nativity scene, mother of Jesus. Uh, but Mary, and, and this was the moment, uh, this was the moment when she chose, I'm going to follow Jesus. Let's go back to another old hymn. But she cho- this was the moment, and if you look at the, the whole picture of her life, and we don't know a ton, but we know that she continued to follow Jesus to the foot of the cross. Uh, and they, people actually believe that she, she was really fully saved. She came into like full discipleship after the resurrection. Get that. And she became a leader in the church, and she ended up uh, dying in Ephesus. Ephesus is the church where Ephesians was written to. Uh, her her uh, grave is actually in the city of Ephesus in Turkey now. And so she continued uh, to follow Jesus and grew... Uh, in her trajectory of serving him, and it began right here. And that was Mary. Now let's talk about you, because I believe this Mary's story is really all of our stories individually. It may look different, different time, different place, but this is our story too. You're like, how is, I mean, I'm not, you know, like, Mary, how is that? Let's go through it. Uh, first off, uh, an angel uh, comes to speak to her. Now, uh, there, I, I have not seen an angel, just to be clear. I'd love to see an angel. Uh, I'm, I'm not an angel. Uh, people are not angels. However, uh, angels in the Bible were known as heralds. Hark the, what? Anybody? Hark the, come on, herald. Angels sing. They heralded good news. Uh, they heralded uh, news for your life. They heralded who a person could be and what Jesus was doing for them. They were bringing good news. And so you don't have to be an angel to herald the good news. Actually, preachers, if you go back, not that you went to seminary, but preacher, even the word is tied to somehow, and I don't know how to divide, but tied to herald, that you're to be a herald of good news. So maybe it's not me, okay, but somebody in your life, I believe, is heralding good news, I mean, as, as a preacher, I mean, I want to do that, but sometimes you may not listen or receive from, you know, everybody, but somebody's heralding good news to you, okay? So there, there's some angel without being an angel, 
that's saying to you, as I've said today, hey, you're called. Hey, hey, there's a greater call in your life. Hey, there's even more that you can do, even if you're hitting 90 or looking at 90. There's always more. And so somebody, they're heralds out there. Can be a small group leader, can be a worship leader, can be a preacher, uh, can be a friend, can be a parent, can be a child. Somebody's heralding to you. And so somewhere there is a Gabriel who's not an angel that's saying, hey, you're called. There's a call on your life. And, and what happens first time is you're greatly troubled. See, Mary, she was greatly troubled. When you first hear that, maybe it's from me preaching, challenging you, making you uncomfortable. Maybe it's from a friend calling you out. You're greatly troubled. As Mary, Mary says, she was greatly troubled when the angel says, greetings, God is with you. So I sit in here and say, hey, God is with you. No, God is with you more than you think. It's past the flu shot, past the fire insurance. God is with you. You're like, I don't know. Because following Jesus is hard. So initially, we're troubled. We're troubled. And go, go through it. What else? And you try to discern. You know, it's like, man, what's he really saying? What's he trying to say? Is this like in code? Does he really want me to work for the church? I don't know. What, he, what is he saying here? Trying to discern that. As Mary was. And the angel said, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. So I'm here to say to y'all, all of y'all today... I don't know what's going on in your life. I know what's going on in some of your lives. You found favor with God. And you're like, I don't know if I feel the favor, okay? Well, well one, I mean, we, we can get all the, the stuff, you know, live in America, we're all in the wealthy, we're all rich, you know, 2%, blah, blah, blah. You've heard that and you're like, you know. But hey, you're here. You're in church. I'm mean, like, you're here today. You don't have to come. You know, a lot of stuff going on, long weekend, a couple games going on yesterday. You didn't, but you're here. And as I said last week, if you were here, I said, you've got all you need right here. And most of all, you've got the Holy Spirit and God's Word. You've got that here at the church, the church center. on. Uh, you've got people who will love, support you, wrap their arms around you. You've got people who will challenge you here. You've got, leader, you've got everything you need. And we've got a house too. You know? You've got everything. You've got favor. You are in favor. We are in favor with God. So the Lord's with you. You have favor. And then goes on, she's still troubled, and it's all about Jesus. Because see, most of all, if you have Jesus, name above name, says his kingdom will have no end. And even though the kingdom is not here fully, it's already begun with his birth, with his life, with his death, with his resurrection. And the kingdom of God is continuing to grow across the world, and we're part of that. So you have favor. Now, I can say all that to you. You can first be troubled, and then you say, as Mary did, you say, how? How's this happen? How? She says, verse 20, verse 34, how will this be? And she said, since I'm a virgin, we won't go into that. But she said, how will this be? How will this be? You say, I have favor. You say, I'm called. You say, Jesus, name above names. As I said earlier in the service, I'd want to know how to. How? How is this? How is this possible? How do I grow? How do I become who you're saying I'm to be? The herald answers, Mary. says, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. To answer the how, you have to be willing to be overshadowed. And this is where it gets tough. 
This is where uh, your name, or my name, or an individual name, you say, I'll, I'll let my name be less, as John the Baptist said, so his name can be greater. And you have to be willing to be overshadowed by Jesus. In a world that's all about individual success and individual celebrity, uh, the call of Jesus and why it is so tough, but you find life in it and say, hey, my name means nothing now. I want to be overshadowed by Jesus, who He is, what He's doing, and His power. The Herald says the same thing today. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And then we still say, hey, I need more proof, God, because that doesn't sound like too good of a gig for me. And then the Herald says, well, look at him or her. In this case, is look at Elizabeth and look at the work God is doing in her. You didn't think she was going to have a kid. She's having a kid. And see, I could say the same thing to many of you who are questioning and who have not found the peace or the purpose, even though you're not going to see the road map. I can say to you, look at what God did in his life. Look at what God did in her life. And just let the power of God overshadow you. And lose yourself in Him. And you'll keep finding life over and over again. And then, the key point after that, Mary says, okay, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. So, you have in this story a picture of God's call and work. And a person going from troubled to asking how to get to a point of saying, all right, I'm your servant. Let it be. Don't see the road map. And I believe it can be a picture of all of our lives because I've been greatly troubled and I've asked how. So I know if I have, at least some of you have too. And you have to listen to the heralds in your life. And sometimes it is the voice of God, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it gets God speaking through somebody else and saying, let God overshadow you. And your name, your name, blankety-blank, let him overshadow you and let the name of Jesus be lifted up. So that's for us, me too, individually. And let me, let me close this out as a church, I mean as a church body. Because see, what happens too is God says, hey, you're called as a church. Now, I mean, we, we live in America, I mean, individual freedom, individual glory, so it's really all about the me. But church is different, it's all about the us, together. And God says to us as a church, uh, sometimes through people, but sometimes He speaks directly, and I know that He is saying to us, hey, I want more for y'all as a church. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, I want more for you as a church that you're called as a church, not just to be like, hey, you know, let's come on Sunday, we'll check the box, and hey, kind of do our thing, and hey, even it could be like a family church, my family can be raised here, and that's great, and we can feel real good, you know, about our clan and about our families and our church family. And God says, hey, I want more. But he says this to every church. Not every church listens. He's saying to us, I want more. I want your church to be part of the church, the Big C Church, and be used to change the world, to change a city in your time, in your season. He puts that call on every church, I believe. He's put it on this church. So God's saying to us, the church, hey, I want more. And at first we're troubled as a church. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be uncomfortable. I kind of just want a family church, you know. 
and I just want to come every other week. And God, God says, I want more. I want more. It's not like me pushing or leaders. It's God pushing us. He said, I want you to be part of the work I'm doing in the world and in this city. Uh, to give to missions, but not only to do that, to raise up leaders, some who will stay here, Northeast Jackson or Jackson, some who will go to disciple, to work through the hard stuff of uh, financial challenges, of divorce or upcoming divorce uh, or loneliness or, or broken relationships, that God wants to continue to use His church, Bellwether, to expand the kingdom of God in personal relationships in a person's life in a city, in a world. God's saying, I want more. So at first, we're greatly troubled. Then we ask, how? How will this be? Same deal, individually with the church. Get overshadowed. Get overshadowed, church. A couple things. I always say this, say this from day one. If we do things that's good for the church, Big C Church, then it'll be good for Bellwether. If we're all about, hey, let's do something good for Bellwether, it'll probably be harmful to the church. And something I'd like to be said here, you know, people say, hey, I go to a great church. You ever heard that? I hear that. I go to a great church. Blank Church, that's a great church. I never want to say, we go to a great church. I never want to say, hey, Bell is a great church. You know why? I want to say, we serve a great God. We serve a great God, point blank. I was in a deer stand often uh, this week and uh, didn't kill anything. My scope was a foot off, though. So anyway, but anyway, I was in a deer stand. And I got a text on Wednesday morning, and it was very simple. I shared it with uh, some of our India team. We were texting back and forth. It's in a deer stand, spectacular sunrise. And my brother texted me. He just said, God is amazing. He said, God is amazing. We serve a great God, a name above names, a wonderful counselor. We serve a great God. And if we're about God and His name being lifted up, being propelled you know, God's going to continue to do a work in us. We serve a great God. You know, bellwethers just point to the lead shepherd. We're still just sheep. It's Jesus. So, man, I'd close out today. I mean, I want to either be a herald or encourage you to listen to the heralds in your life. He's saying God wants more for you. Wherever you are, you can be like rock star, partier, Christian, Okay? God still wants more. Or you can be rock star, party, or hellion, okay? God wants more. God always wants more. And he's always pushing us to go further. He wants, and he wants more for this church. And so, I mean, I, I'd say as a herald, the Lord is with you. Wherever you are, whatever's going down, the Lord is with you. And we can be troubled. It's very real. We can ask how. He says, let God overshadow you. I mean, be consumed in God. Be consumed in Him. The wonderful counselor. All in majesty who speaks directly to you. And take a step to Him. Be consumed. And let Him do this work in your life. And together as a church that He's doing in us. And a point, and you have to get to this point where Mary ends up. Servant. I don't like that word. Leader's a little better, but servant. And she said, I'll be your servant. Let it be. Don't know totally where it's going. Let it be, according to your word. You've got to get to that point. I mean, I, I try to pretty it up. You've got to get to that point.
I'm the Lord's servant, let it be. But in that, I know it sounds hard, but that's life. In that you find life. In that you find the purpose, you find the meaning. You find life fully. And that's what we want for you and for this church. Let it be. Let him overshadow you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for, uh, I thank you for these Christmas stories that we are so familiar with, but yet uh, you can still bring uh, just fresh meaning, uh, insight, uh, purpose, direction from them. Uh, thank you for leaders of your church, servant leaders, uh, from Mary on. Uh, thank you for the leaders here. Thank you for what you've already done here. I pray that uh, we would let you overshadow us more uh, as individuals and as a church. I pray that we would get to a point uh, of saying, let it be. We will be the servant of the Lord, wherever that takes us, um, in relationships, uh, physically in a city or in the world, and that we would trust that uh, through other heralds in our life, you would indeed give us the direction of, of where to go. Uh, because you're true, you're good, you never fail us. So we love you, and I pray people today would, uh, would get to that point and say, Lord, overshadow me, and let it be. In Jesus' name, amen.